Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello. Hello. Happy Valentine's Day. And you know what that means? Guess who's here? You have to what's talk. Going, it's a podcast. What's going on? <laughs> it's Mott's. This my is number. Oh, I, we tried to do this five. last time. Do you know how many you've been five. on? Five. Five. Okay. Yeah. Because the first one I did was in that office. You That's how I went through it too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know time. I mean, I could have <laughs> gone through and looked, but. That's a lot of effort. It's really I mean, not. When it you takes ha- like three clicks, but that's three too many. <laughs> it is three too many. I like to do my internet deep dives on things that have 
no use to my life, right. not actual facts and things like this. Like, it's so funny. Like when it comes to like a fact about like my life or whatever, I'm like, I'm not going to Google it. But if it's, oh, we're trying to remember what we recognize this person from or what do, who is the, who does Shaq from Love Island look like? I will spend hours Did going through pictures. Did you figure that out? No, but you're right though. It's like, it's a combination. The yeah. guy from Love Island, who he looks like. Yeah. It's like Mahershala Ali with some, somebody else in there. Yeah. There's an animated character as well. And then there's one that's like, they have the same fucking face, but I just can't figure out who it is. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't see any of those elements. If you, we you look to cover it. Here's the thing. Parts. I don't even watch the show. And then Megan just sent, showed me a picture. And, and then, she goes, oh, he does look like someone. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's difficult. So I guess um, to introduce who Mots is for the singular person who did discover this podcast from the reel that we posted uh-huh. of me shitting on golden retrievers. This is Mont's Mont's. This is I'm Mont's. Did you just call me Mont's? <laughs> That's me. I was well, I was I was about <laughs> to say, you should know too, when I was trying, when I was doing talk to text to you specifically, anytime I say Mots or even anything that sounds like it, it autocorrects to his name. But I was texting you, but I was doing voice to text, trying to say Mots, and then it autocorrected to your last name. And when mm. I clicked it, it was like, see, Melissa Mots. I was like, oh, look at that. Now, this is my fiance. Mots. Mots. M A T S. Or Mort, as the yeah, guy this who morning. Who the fuck called he called? Me. Wait, shut up. He was on the phone this morning. He answers the phone. I don't know who it was. And I just hear on this, like, hey, Mort. And Mots goes, Mort? And the guy goes, sorry, sorry, Mots. I couldn't stop laughing. Who was that? Yeah, contractor on the build. It was just an accident. Yeah, it was, but it was funny. It was so... In, in, the, the mon- in the moment. And like, he's on the phone for like 10 minutes the whole time. I'm like quietly laughing at <laughs> Mort. Oh, Somebody's anyways. grandpa. Yeah, truly. I'm the listener's grandpa today because I'm going to give great advice. Mm, you don't want to... You're skipping your Phil Dunphy dad era? I don't think feel like Phil Dunphy actually gave good advice. That's true. And the last dad we had on the podcast giving advice... <laughs> yikes yikes are one and only anyways we are an advice podcast where we give wonderful amazing life-changing advice and every year for valentine's day we bring on this man mort mort (laughs) to give his own input his own advice and if you have been like you know i love megan and melissa but I need the input of a penis in this, said no one ever. <laughs> I need that whole sentence. So, so I should leave then. No, no, you can stay. You can stay. So we're going to give advice. We're going to hopefully not ruin your lives. And if we do ruin your lives, why did we name it the pod- this the podcast? So you can't blame us. Don't blame me. If you want to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave a voicemail at 310 694 976 International listeners, you can send us a audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Keep it all under three minutes. Write it down. Practice. Time it out. Read it out loud. Rehearse it. Do your dress rehearsals. Do your, do your, don't, don't cold read it. We want you to practice. You don't have to memorize it. And then when you have it under three minutes, you have all the details. Make sure you have your age in there. It's all anonymous. Relationship. How long have you been dating? If you're like, oh, this person and I have beef, give us the beef. Give us the specific example of the beef. Mm-hmm. Angus, Wagyu, meatball, bison. sirloin. Oh, yeah, she's a bison bitch. Give us those examples because why else do we start a podcast if not for the tea? And we will do our very best to give you advice. And we also do like if you let us know that you are sensitive. 
Because then you don't roast no, quite as hard. No, it's not roasting. It's, it's just more like, so of just, we don't go with our natural cadence. That's what I was going to say. Like, it Which doesn't change the advice that I give. <laughs> no, it, it just changes my word choice. Like, yes. it, it just... I have to think for a second. Yeah, because like I, there are some people who listen to the podcast who are sensitive, which like, again, there's nothing wrong with, mm-hmm. but then they will be like, this was super, super harsh when you gave this and I'll like listen back to it. And I'm like, I don't think that was harsh at all. But if the person had like gave the precursor, like, hey, I'm really sensitive, I probably wouldn't have phrased it the way I, I did. But I have a hard time. My I talk to everybody like I talk to all of my friends and like I talk to everyone like I've known them forever, mm-hmm. which is a blessing and a curse. So you have to let me know if you're like, Hey, I'm a little sensitive and I won't be like, you dumb fucking bitch, you know? Well, I'm a boastful person and I'm a roastful person. <laughs> so today's going to be boast and roast. Can you imagine Moss just getting on this podcast and like roasting our listeners? Like there's no shot. I think I think it would no, be. No, you would do it in private, but there's no way you do it on the fucking podcast. I think I'd it would it. be tit for tat because Megan knows this. Like my inspiration is obviously like local sp- sports talk radio. Yeah. Him and his brother started a podcast for a minute, and <laughs> I didn't know this existed. Oh, no, this was like eight years ago. It was not eight years ago. It was a long time ago. Okay. Anyways, I'm excited for you to fulfill your yearly, your annual podcast sports radio dreams. So before we get into the calls, we have an update. So I originally called in on the episode titled, My Friend is a Pathological Liar. And my call was about transitioning a platonic friendship to a romantic friendship or a romantic relationship. And I had called in because I was like casually dating this guy. We had been on a few dates. I was also seeing other people. I called myself a serial monogamist, but we decided that I'm not really a serial monogamist. I just was in a long-term relationship for several years before this and everything is brand new. The long story short of why I've called in for this Now, second update is I broke up with that guy and subsequently the rest of the roster as well. And actually, I like ended things with the more casual partners that I had first because I did really want to try and make it work with my friend, with this person that I had like a deeper emotional connection with. I think I'm just still going through a breakup and I really had to have an honest conversation and be like, it's not you, it's me. And I'm. (laughs) hated having that conversation but it it had to happen and he took it as well as as one can take that conversation I think was very respectful was very understanding I didn't tell him this part but I will share this with y'all because I know you like the juicy TMI Mm -hmm. yes very much (laughs) so just to to demonstrate how how it's so like not him it's me I like (laughs) tried masturbating the other day which is something I do very regularly Mm -hmm. and I started crying (laughs) and that is not something that happens very regularly Mm -hmm. so again just to like demonstrate I'm going through something and I just I just am not feeling like a romantic or sexual person at all right now and so yeah he was very understanding of that he said he hopes we can still be friends I hope we can still be friends I'm pretty confident that we will be but yeah that's kind of the big a big update there. It was a nice four months while we had it. Yeah. Do you feel like I've had friends who are very much like serial monogamous, like relationship, relationship, relationship. And then when they finally had, whether it was like the biggest breakup or kind of like it all just kind of compiled and they were like, oh, I'm like mourning like every breakup I've ever had in one, in this like one go that it like it's, it can be a lot because like we seek like companionship and 
like community and closeness, like when you're going through something hard, like a breakup. And then for a lot of people that ends up being in like another relationship. And so this, I, I could totally see that being a much longer kind of grieving process than maybe you've been used to. Yeah, for sure. And like, I, I like to think I'm pretty self-aware and I think I mentioned before that I am in therapy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm working through these things, but there were some, some new developments and I don't want to get too specific about the X of it all, but something kind of dramatic happened over the holidays. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm not as over this as I thought I was. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, life always just throws you those fucking curveballs. And you're like, excuse me, I was doing amazing. Like, why why are you doing this? I like, yes. <laughs> this is fucked up and really selfish of you. Like, this is not yeah. the time. Read the yeah. room. I was cured. I was fine. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you can't do this to me after all that. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's, it, it's it's true. It's a big mind fuck. Yeah. So can, can you give like a, a brief timeline of everything? Oh, yeah. Yes. So, okay. So when I called initially that was maybe uh like September Mm -hmm. I had been out in the dating scene for like four months at that point so I I felt like okay ready to try this with a friend with someone I already had a connection with and not just like a random person from Bumble or whatever and then I think I called in the update we had been dating for about two months at that point because I called in and like left a voicemail and then the episode aired with my voicemail about a month later. So sorry, started dating my friend in September. It's now as we're recording this February and Mm -hmm. we had the let's just be friends conversation like two weeks ago. Okay. Wow. I was going to ask, I don't remember how long were you dating your ex before this? We were together for eight years before they broke up with me. Yeah. So because I, I I used to say this thing, which I don't even know if I still totally believe it. But I do think like, at least for me, it was like a good parameter that like I noticed in myself when like getting over relationships, if it was like something I had to get over some some of the, sometimes when a relationship ends, like friendship or whatever, you're like, I've been over it before, <laughs> like this actually officially ends. I felt like for me, it took half as long as the relationship or like twice as long in just the sense of like unpacking whether or not like I'm can be over it at a certain point, but it's a lot of like, oh, am I getting triggered by seeing a car that this person drove that you mean like, oh, is this this? Is this them? Or am I like missing wanting to like send them things like, oh, they saw this funny meme or whatever it is like that when someone's been in your life for so long, regardless of what that relationship is, it's for I I like felt like I had to like kind of detox that and then like have other people in my life who like that's who I want to send these memes to. Like, and it's then it becomes second nature to it. So like eight years is, it's a very long, long time mm-hmm. that like I would need a lot of support getting through said breakup. But then it's like, oh, I think it's good on you to like draw that line of being like, this support was good as friendship. But like now that we're moving to something a little more intense, like I can't be the person I want to be I can't receive and give that in the way that I would want. Yeah. And it was like a good little relationship. Like it just, I don't necessarily feel like I started something before I was ready because I felt ready at the time and and it felt comfortable and supported and still like new and kind of scary, which is why I called an advice podcast about it. (laughs) But like, like it felt, it felt good and it felt right at the time. And then, yeah, it felt right until it didn't. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's like the most illuminating thing I ever felt in therapy. Like when my therapist was just like, you know, like it's all good until it's not. And then it's like, it's not good anymore and it doesn't serve you. And then like, that's fine. But like the idea that like you have to manipulate and mold things to like get back to where they were. She was like, it's just, you don't yeah. have to. Like, and that doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. Yeah, it or it was a mean, bad choice. Right. It was bad or that like you weren't happy at the time like you were. Mm-hmm. And things you just change. People change, evolve. Yeah. It's very clear you're in therapy. Like yeah. it's like the, the the best decision. Like if my therapist was here, she'd be like, yeah, bitch, do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it served you. And now it doesn't. And mm-hmm. now we're moving on. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. So, yeah, I'm just being a single Pringle right now. And that's <laughs> what needs to happen right now. <laughs> in a new different era of your life. And it's it's cool to get to like know yourself. Like for again, I don't I wouldn't consider myself like a serial monogamist by any means. But like I had friends who were who experienced like being single after like a long term relationship and, you know, highs and lows, but it's really exciting for them Mm -hmm. to like, you know, figure out what they like and then also just like have all this freedom and starting new hobbies and all of that stuff. Like it's it's a it's a new journey. Yeah. So best luck out there being a single Pringle. Yeah. Once you pop, you can't stop. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for giving us another update. I'm happy that you're happy with the decisions that you've made and are continuing to make and like melissa said once you pop you can't stop right mm-hmm. once you pop you truly cannot stop and i'm always saying that <laughs> great love and- it <laughs> so thanks y'all i appreciate it we are going to take a quick break and then we will get into the calls Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley and we also received the Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work. 
which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. And now it is time to get into the calls. Let's do it. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am a college sophomore and I would like a pipe about a situation as far as my roommate who was also my friend. I was doing badly this year and I decided that I ultimately wanted to transfer to a different college closer to where I live. And the response from my friend ultimately led to my ex-best friend at this point no longer being friends. And what I really want advice on is now she is constantly posting on her Snapchat story, her private Snapchat story. And I know this because I have a friend who's on there and will tell me things. And it just really makes me upset because the things she's posting, one, aren't like necessarily true or are warped in a way that makes me seem bad. And I can't really disclose exactly what happened and that led to the end of the friendship. But basically there was like a lot of guilt being put on to me for my decision. And um, a lot, a lot of it makes it of what she's posting makes me seem like a really bad person. And it's something I have like, control issues and and how I'm perceived obviously I can't like control that but what can I do to like fix the situation because it's kind of just driving me crazy knowing that she's posting and I want to hear what she's posting and I don't because I just would like to move on it's very difficult because we live together but and I don't feel like moving out it's just too much work I'll just get through it but it's just not high tension situation and I just hate knowing that there's constant posts that paint me in such a bad light and I also feel like I've kind of stayed silent I don't know I just want to be petty but I don't know if this if you can help me it would be very much appreciated I just have to tell you that there's the phrase you are the main character in your own story but when you are the villain in someone else's story you are also a main character and that is corny as fuck for your friend. Like, you're always going to be the villain to someone. Someone's always going to dislike you. But for someone to put this much time and effort into being passive aggressive about this, because it is passive aggressive. If you want to be done with this friendship, then you have to be just done with it. And then recognize that this is a super petty and corny and like thing to do. But if you, I mean, the plot twist when like maybe I missed early on that like I just fucking assumed you had moved out. Yeah, I didn't think that y'all were still roommates, but you are. And since you're in college, are you like actually in the same room or like? Have you already transferred or are you transferring? Because you've already transferred to a new school, then I would think it's an apartment. Maybe. Because how would you live at one college while attending another? That's true. 
I mean, like you said, like you can't control with like how you're perceived. But I do think that like when you have a really hard time with how someone is viewing you in this instance, I think because and I don't want to mean to say this like in a cunty way, but like I think there has to be enough truth there that you're feeling like you might have actually done something. Because like when someone like makes claims that I'm like, they're literally so fucking baseless. Like I don't I'm not hurt by that because like that's like all bullshit. Like none of that's true. Like it doesn't affect me. But I think because you're really wanting to correct this, I think it might feel close enough to the truth. But at the same time, like everyone also has their own version of like how they interpreted it. And so she might be really hurt by it. But having and carrying the guilt, like that's a choice that you you make. And I, I'm not saying that like you did something wrong you could have maybe gone about this in a better way but you also don't know that that would have changed her reaction and at this point like if you don't want to be friends with her anymore then I I say you just don't be friends with her but if what she's saying is kind of close to the truth or her own version of the truth that is not a lie and you think that she's going to get other people to believe that and then it's going to like affect those relationships then I think that like maybe it is time to do some like internal reflection because if someone came to me and told me like that Melissa did something like so fucking cunty and like really like I I wouldn't believe it immediately. Mm-hmm. But if you think that she's going to like convince these other people and they're going to believe that about you, why? Is that like a is that like a self-esteem thing or do you have some regrets in how you have carried through ending this relationship? This is one of the times that we talk about that I want specific examples. Yeah, me too. And I know you said that you didn't want to tell but there I can't I I feel like I can't give true advice unless I know exactly what's being said and then what your truth is of that but if you want it to end I would have like a conversation with her and just say hey like I know that you're posting things on your snapchat about me why are you posting it why are you so why are you doing this and can we sit down and have a discussion about this because it needs to stop yeah. I would also just say, practically speaking, it, it sounds like you've already made your decision to to transfer and that that's locked in. Same thing. It would be nice to kind of know mm-hmm. a little bit more about the situation. But assuming it's like two different schools that are in the same city or same town or like same general location, like if, you know, if you've made a decision that you feel is is best for you, my advice is it it's probably better for like what remains of your college experience to maybe find a new place to live yeah. someplace that's like a little bit more ingrained with what's going on at your new school and i don't know if it's like a a commuter college or like a a city college which sometimes are a little bit more like people just kind of show up to go to class and do their thing and then they leave at the end of the day or for the weekend. But if that's not the case and there's kind of like a more traditional social aspect to your new school that revolves around like a a student neighborhood or, you know, whatever, I would look to find someplace to live around there. Because if you do, you know, take Melissa's advice and, and sit down with your friend and, you know, people are ineffable. Like it may be a positive conversation. It may be like the excuse 
this other person needs to uh, have like a unproductive or toxic moment that that might make things worse. And if that does happen and you're still living there, like it's just going to be really hard for you to focus on like a new thing, a new kind of chapter in your life that you want to embark on. So just practically speaking, I think you might want to move or or do something that that kind of gets you more ingrained with uh, your new spot, your new school. Yeah. I don't even think like you could have ended a friendship amicably in the sense that like I'm going to transfer and it would be like, okay, cool. Amazing. I still don't think you should live together. Like, right. I think that that automatically would create a wedge and an issue there because she's not going to be pursuing friendships of like classmates and peers there and neither are you. Like, it's just, I, I just don't think that like, regardless of like how both of you are kind of caring about it on, like, I don't think it's a reaction issue. I think the situation is, needs to be remedied. Like, I don't think you can get through that. The other thing I would say is speaking from personal experience, you know, before this was in LA and before I lived with Megan, obviously, but I lived with someone that I had become really good friends with through work and we moved in together and we were really excited because we were friends and we felt like it was yeah, it was going to be perfect. And we just like weren't good roommates. Like our personalities at home or like for an extended time together, like it wasn't a good match. Mm-hmm. And when we stopped living together, like I would say our friendship wasn't really in a very positive place. And it immediately improved after we moved to different places like we moved out and there was maybe like a period of like a month or two months where we we didn't really talk that much we kind of you know we would see each other at like uh, events with like other people in our in our social circle and like we would text a little bit and then after that month or two months we we talked about it and it was really, it was really nice. We kind of just got like, we got it all out of our system. And some of the issues that we were having living together kind of just became like funny inside jokes that we now tell like when we hang out and we're really good friends again. And, you know, I'm not saying that will necessarily happen, but I will, will say like that happened to, that happened to me with someone in LA it also happened to me um, when I lived with someone in college. And it also, those two experiences kind of really taught taught me some things that in retrospect, I now know make it made it a little bit harder to live with me. And I'm not like casting aspersions. Like, you know, we don't know all the details of your situation. But as Megan said, maybe if there is something or some things that you maybe wish you had done a little bit differently or apologize, like getting out of the living situation for like these reasons can also help you like become more cognizant of those things and potentially improve your relationship with your friends so that you guys can remain friends like into the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've talked about this a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like, Moss is about to go into his reason and of being on our team of don't live with friends. Yeah. Yep. So... Shall we get on to the next? Let's do it. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I've been listening to this podcast for many years, and I'm a huge fan. 
Today, I'm calling about an issue with my mother, she, her, 60 years old, and myself, she, her, 22 years old. For some background information, I'm my mom's only child, and for as long as I can remember, from at least the age of five, I have been her emotional support system, which was very traumatizing for me growing up. I now live with my partner in a city about two hours away from her where I go to university and work full-time. I purposely only went a very short distance away since I'm very codependent with her and feel responsible for her emotional well-being even though I'm working on letting that go in therapy. The main problem that I'm calling about started about six months ago. I got a parking ticket on campus and forgot to pay it, and since my mom owns my car, they sent her to collections for the ticket. For context, the ticket was only about $80, and I had a lot of mental health stuff going on at the time, which my mom knew the severity of since I had asked her advice since she's a therapist. It just slipped my mind, and once she got the letter, I immediately paid the ticket and apologized profusely. She was really upset with me, but I took it because I knew that it was my fault I hadn't paid it. Fast forward to a few weeks ago, she keeps telling me she's getting scam calls, asking her for money. So I told her to check if it was a collection agency, and it was. My mom was freaking out, so I went to the parking office on campus, and they said they had made a mistake and didn't mark my payment correctly, and they would tell the collection agency to back off. They didn't do that, and my mom was still getting calls and I couldn't call the collection agency because the bill wasn't in my name. So I told my mom she would have to call them herself, and I gave her the receipts and all the phone numbers she needed to call. She didn't like that very much. She thought I should handle it, so she called me and screamed at me for about an hour before my partner got home and realized what was going on and hung up the phone. I proceeded to have panic attacks for the next couple hours, and ever since I've kind of been in a depressive episode. It's now been a week and she's refusing to speak to me, which she knows is torture because I'm codependent with her. I cannot function and I'm trying to go to class and show up my job and pay my bills and I'm having a really hard time. I really want to cave and call and say everything was my fault, but I know that will just reaffirm that her behavior was okay. I have an appointment to talk to my therapist about this, but in the meantime, I really just wanted some advice on how to handle this so I don't fall deeper into my spiral. Any advice you guys have would be very much appreciated. Thanks. This sucks so much. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, It seems like parents that are therapists, I'm not saying this is the case for everyone, but parents that are therapists are kind of bad at speaking to their children. <laughs> I've seen it a lot. I've heard about it a lot. I've, it's actually, it's on TV too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, my I, my therapist had like said before about like there are some people who are they they seek clarity in their own life to heal through therapy. And then there are people like there are people who then like pursue that as a lifelong passion of like, oh, this helped me so much or I could be helping people in my life who I saw like who needed this and they use it for that. And then there are other people who don't really want to change, but they want to know how to get what they want and like psychology can be like can be used for good or evil in that kind of sense and so there are sometimes like it's it's weaponizing that and like patients do it who have gone to therapy like psych students do that who've just taken some classes if you've read a book but then yeah people who are like therapists can also weaponize that and use it as like leverage so it's really hard to kind of argue with that or dispute that because it's like disputing a parent who is like a doctor on something about medicine. Like mm-hmm. it, it's no longer just the role of like child parent authority figure. It's pupil 
professional authority figure as well. So like you're you're able to acknowledge that like what she's doing is like she's essentially torturing. I mean, it's emotional abuse, but she's like torturing you in like the refusing to talk to you. And you also acknowledge that like the relationship is codependent and like you've been her like emotional support person since she was five. You were five. And she knows that her emotional support person should be her therapist, not you. So I think that like this is this is hard because codependent relationships in order to repair them, which I'm sure you know you're in therapy, have to involve like they're so individual, like someone who you're not just being in a code, but being in a codependent relationship with one person most likely and usually means that the next person, whether it's like you're dating them or whatever, like that's kind of how you've established boundaries or lack thereof in all of your relationships. And in order to repair codependent tendencies, that's like a self-work thing. But if you want to repair a codependent relationship, both parties have to acknowledge that issue and like work on that themselves. And she's not doing that. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't mean to sound like harsh, but like, and I can, I know that you're still really in, in, in the thick of it, but there's like nothing that you can say or do that will fix this. Like, like you've even said, like you, you know, if you call and you apologize and say it was all your fault that you're kind of just starting the cycle again. And it, it doesn't sound like you want to do that. It sounds like you really want to break out of this. And the only way to do that is time. And so like my advice is distraction. My advice is like, you know, going to the movies or like doing all of these other different things and like filling your life with things like that because codependency in that sense and even like toxic relationships, emotionally abusive relationships, they can be kind of addicting. And seeing your life without that, even if it's not permanent, I just found for me personally, like adding on the amount of days that I could kind of prolong something and like continue a boundary or keep some silence or whatever, the more confident I was able to be in my decisions because I didn't have someone else in my ear who's was constantly doubting. That's awful. And it's like, one degree more awful because the thing that instigated this whole thing for you is government or school bureaucracy. So it's like a really irritating thing that for you, I'm sure like, you know, was a catalyst or something that's probably been painful for a long time. I obviously like wouldn't surprise them with this. I think I, I agree with Megan that maybe Distance and distraction are probably the best methods right now. If your mother does start making an effort to like get back in contact with you in a in a negative way and or or in a way that is designed to make you feel bad, but you need to talk to her, whether it's like to rectify this particular issue or if like it's some other thing that unfortunately you both have to be involved in, whether it's like both your names are on the lease or whatever it may be. I would talk to your partner about whether they would be comfortable kind of like being your witness or your protection like on those phone calls. I find that like sometimes, you know, like in the past and in in my life, like if I have to have like a particularly like delicate or fraught conversation that can, you know, like push me into like a, a really emotional state and I know it's going to be like that and and I have to kind of prepare for that. Having someone that 
I'm friends with or or I trust that can at least even if they're just like sitting there and listening to kind of you know and and telling you to like kind of stop or like disengage and kind of like remind you not to get like pulled back in to a an hour long conversation where you're being like berated can be really really helpful now like i said like you know don't don't like you know grab them right before you make the call or anything like that but i would i would talk to them and say hey like you know i have to talk to my mom are you okay if you're just like there for me like in that moment like during that conversation and it kind of sounds like your partner already is but that would be my my advice you know in the short term is yeah distance and distraction and if you do need to talk to your mom taking care to like rely on that a source of moral support and love that you live with right now yeah. in the form of your partner. You have done yeah. that a lot for me. Yeah. He's <laughs> so. been emotional and physical shield. The last thing I want to touch on that for my thing was that like the the witness part is also there's a lot of shame in when you don't have a healthy relationship with someone or like a healthy nuclear family doesn't have that whole picture perfect thing and it's an instinct to kind of hide that and shield that from people because like as soon as you see like your partner's face or your friend's face to like a reaction of something that you didn't realize was that bad you're like oh shit this is this is bad and abusive people emotionally abusive people even in codependent relationships that you might not be like you might not want to deem this as abusive right now for your your journey through this that they thrive in like secret they like thrive in silence and there's like this bonding thing of like well no one else could understand what we go through and that's supposed to be like, oh, it's just like, it's just you and me. But the reason why it's that it's because like, if you tell other people, you're going to find out that this isn't healthy. And if you get this close with somebody else, you're going to realize that this closeness does not automatically come with like this emo- emotional torture. Like it's not, there's a reason why it's supposed to be like, it's just you and me, because if you get a greater sense of the world, you'll acknowledge that like, this is a me problem. This is like, your mom's behavior in this sense. And so I've done this too with like, whether it's having a friend be there when I'm having a phone call, because I'm like, I will be able to rationalize and justify it in my head. And it won't seem that bad, but I can look at my friend's face and be like, this is really bad. And I don't have a great barometer of that when you grow up with that. And that's kind of been all you've known. So mine is more as a solution for paying this bill. I would go to the school and have them put in writing that they made a mistake and make sure that you get that and send it to the bill collectors. And then also, I know that you said you can't handle things because it's under your mom's name, but pretend to be her. I was going to say that. So just get all her information, call and handle it. Like get her information, pretend to be like you're her, and then tell them the information, tell them that you're sending in the letter from the school that shows that you paid, they made a mistake. Just if that doesn't work, I would go and sit at the school and make them call and fix it and sit there until they fix it because it's their fault. That's the thing is that at the end of the day, it's their fault. They send it to collections when they shouldn't have. Yeah, I agree with that. I I wholeheartedly agree with that. And you can also even like call because I'm sure they gave your mom a callback number and you call and they're like, oh, this isn't the number we have on file. It's like, oh, I'm calling from my daughter's phone because my phone's dead. Like you can... Yeah, yeah, like there, you can say whatever you need to fucking say. But bill collectors, they do this type of things to harass people because they think like 
they they want to get the money, so they're going to harass you until you pay or you give proof. Um, and so you have to have proof. And you're, I don't think you're in the United States. I think you're just north of us. But and I don't know what the laws are there. But here, if you have everything in writing and tell them to stop, then they have to stop. So, I'm sorry. This is uh, a headache and a half. Like to put it lightly. Mm-hmm. I would be stressed out just from an overdue bill and collections and trying to pay that without the other layer on there. So I'm really sorry. I can tell you that it will get, it will get better. Like there's always, anytime there's like a really shitty relationship with someone, like whether you're related to them or not, like it can and it will get better. Like there is no relationship where it it, it doesn't. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 it will. And that sometimes just means that it can't be this relationship can't continue on but that's a good thing and i promise that so yeah best of luck all right let's take a break Woo-hoo. hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We're back from our break. Hi, Melissa, Megan, and possible guests. First of all, I love you guys. I'm a 22-year-old Brazilian last semester psychology student who uses she/her pronouns, and I'm dating a 25-year-old lawyer who uses he/him pronouns. Okay. I call this about a situation that's bothering me in my relationship. We've been together for one year and three months, and he's a really good guy. He's truly a kind, good person at heart, and that's one of the things that made me fall in love with him. The issue is that sometimes I feel that he's too passive in our relationship and in life in general, and hasn't given me the active attention I believe I deserve. For example, due to our routines and both of us still living with our parents, most of the time we only see each other on the weekends, but speak daily via video. In these calls, I'm almost always the one making conversation, and he won't even ask me how my day was, and I just end up telling him without him showing interest in knowing about it. This sometimes happens when we hang out in person as well, and I've communicated it to him before. He got better for some time, and now it's back to where he used to be. He also doesn't compliment me without me asking what he thinks of my new dress, for example. And that actually happened in the last New Year's Eve party we went to, and I was feeling really hot that night, and he heard me that he didn't notice. He's more of an acts-of-service kind of guy, but I've told him that it's important to me that he shows me more affection. He also will be on his phone when we're hanging out with other people, even with his friends, and we'll just stay quiet all the time. I know he's an anxious person, and I even convinced him to start therapy, and I know he's in a difficult career moment, but that doesn't justify everything. I'm too an anxious person, so I try to be understanding. I'm also the one always asking about weekend plans, and at this moment, I'm actually waiting to see if he will take initiative and asked me about our plans for this week. I'm literally going silent about the subject. I wasn't valid enough and had a two and a half year relationship end because he didn't want to make any effort to make us work, which crushed me, but I feel a lot of this in therapy. He's also studying full time to become an attorney, which can take two to three years from now to happen, but sometimes I feel he doesn't have the focus he needs to actually make it through, not prioritizing his studies enough to make a living for himself. I'm scared that when I graduate next July and start making a life for myself, that our relationship will change. 
for information, we're both financially dependent on our parents, but I work part-time as a researcher and as an English teacher. I knew what his career path took when we started dating, but I thought he was more proactive about it. As for our sex life, the sex is amazing and we have good communication bad. When I tried to talk to him about other issues in the past, he has been very receptive to that and tried to make changes. I really want to make things work with him because I love this man and I could see myself marrying him someday, but I don't want to be somewhere where I feel I need to beg for attention. With his career path, there is also a chance of him needing to move to work and I would have to move with him. So being in a new city only with my partner and not receiving what I deserve is not an option for me. So how do you think I should go about these issues? I'm a cancer and sensitive, but I appreciate tough love. So please be hard on me if you think I need it. Yikes. Yeah. I've dated someone like this who on paper, everything seemed to be right. But like on they paper. just on paper, everything seemed to be right. But it just they just were not good at communicating or just asking me simply, like you said, like how my day was. And I was doing all the talking and that's exhausting. I can talk to myself in a mirror. She can vlog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like, this isn't a you thing. And this, I wouldn't even say this is like a, you're not compatible thing. Like, he's just not ready to be in a relationship. Like, this is kind of like bare minimum of being in a relationship is putting in the effort and like kind of like wanting it and like prioritizing that, whether that's like, recognizing that it's like, oh, like having a compliment here, like, you know, enjoying these kinds of things that like you need to feel like self-assured. And it's not time consuming, nor is it like mentally taxing what you're asking for. And, and I don't mean this to sound harsh, but like, it's just not a priority to him. And it's not because it's you. I just don't think that being in a relationship, like, what the actual practical day-to-day -day aspects of being in a relationship that's something that like he wants to put the time and effort into. He wants a sex buddy. Yeah. And like, that's like, that's sucky, but you've done this and like you've, this has been like a year and three months of like trying to like say this and change this and that this is still bothering you, which means it's constant. It doesn't just mean it's a couple times, whether like, you know, like we can be distracted when we're like hanging out and like not notice something, but it's not like, I, at least for me, and I would think it's the same for you. It's like, it's not, it's not like a constant in a relationship, nor does it change how you think the other person feels about you. But it seems like you're internalizing this of like, you know, I was feeling really cute and then he didn't say anything. And that made me like, that like, you know, ruined my night. And I think it's because you're not receiving that and feeling that love in other ways. And so I just don't think this is working, mm -hmm. you know? You know, I'm, I'm not disagreeing like out of hand with you guys. I would say that normally a quiet king myself. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. I can't. <laughs> a quiet king. Quiet king. I guess the the reason that like I'm st I still like kind of lean towards agreeing with Melissa and Megan is is it sounds like you've brought this up pretty consistently. I definitely did this like, there are moments in our relationship, and I think, like, when you date someone for eight years or you're with someone for eight years. Yeah, for eight years? Yeah. Damn. It's, uh, it's like, inevitable. It's, it's inevitable that, like, you're going to have, you know, not necessarily, like, really, really, like, down moments, but, like, moments where it's just 
you're too comfortable or or you're in a I'm trying to think of like a better phrase than in a rut because it's like so cliche to say that, but not I can't think of one. Yeah, not in sync. And having been there and and been the person that was overly distracted by like maybe something else in my life. I, I think like for me, I really struggle with being a workaholic and his entire birth chart is just an orgy in Capricorn. It's a lot. And I think like the first time like this really came up for us, I'm not saying this like Megan, like, like got like three inches away from my face and was like, listen, motherfucker, you got to listen a little bit more. Yeah. But she got like, she got like very, like very direct about, about what was going on with me and how it was making me feel. And I didn't feel, I didn't feel defensive because it wasn't overly confrontational but it was like it it was imparted to me in a way that like I felt I felt like it was serious enough like in that moment that I really needed to be more cognizant of yeah literally the things that you're describing like making you know making effort to make plans more than like every you know every four or five months or being more of a listener or being more of an active listener. Well, just to interject that what I had said, and this was so fucking long ago, but I was like, how you make plans with your friends, like we have to do too. Like mm-hmm. the same way that you will like text your friends and be like, oh, let's do something or you see something like that. And there is like something great about being comfortable in a relationship with that. But when you are so comfortable, your quality time, you can kind of just like be on your phone or be like watching TV and like not really be engaging and you wouldn't do that with your friends because you're like oh I'm spending time with my friends who I don't see all the time so like I want to make the most of that and like how relationships need that same kind of like planning I think yeah and sometimes like more so because there's not I would also say this is like a little bit of a point against your your partner is that it should be like more of an occasion when you see each other because it it sounds like you're not seeing each other at all all like Monday through Friday. But like Megan makes a good point. Like when you're in a relationship, you do see that person every day. So it's almost inversely like you have to be more, you have to be more considered about like making plans with that person because especially like as you grow older and like you want to be a psychologist, he wants to be a lawyer. He's a lawyer. But oh, he is a lawyer. Attorney. But he wants to be an attorney. Sorry. He has oh, a degree. Oh, uh, okay. Law, okay. You will just kind of start seeing your friends like less and less frequently. So there is like more of a sense of an occasion. So it's, yeah, it's, it's hard and it's, but it is like the responsibility of like each person and the couple to like, to make sure that like, even though you are seeing each other every, every day or, or frequently that you are like creating like occasions or like a, a sense of anticipation around certain like points in your week or but he has to want to change because that's the thing that's like you can bring something up and I think like for me I'm okay bringing something up twice even three times because I'm not perfect I might not have explained it that well like and so I'm okay with being like oh this might this to me falls in the same category but I didn't use as an example last time so I could see how this maybe didn't register for you that like this feels the same and so I'm reacting to this the same And I, there's a learning curve and like, I'm on the same end of that too. Like where he'll say something and I won't recognize that this is similar to this thing. And then it's like, oh, it's reminding. 
we all do that. Like, I don't know anybody who's just like, no, I'm a one and done kind of conversation sort of person. But at a certain point, when you have no more examples and it's just kind of like we've covered all of the bases here, like no stone has been left unturned. I've explained this in every way. You've received this information in every single way. Then it's not ignorance of, oh, I didn't know that I was doing that again. It was that like, oh, that didn't register as that important to me to constantly make like keep it at the forefront of my mind. And so like there honestly isn't any way that you can make that behavior change or ensure that he like understands it better because when you do want to understand what someone is saying you don't also put all that responsibility on them you're like let me ask questions let me like figure out how to do all of that stuff and like yes it can change when you're younger and as you get older like our communication is so much better the older that like we get and the more we spend time together but if there isn't that desire to change from the get-go that doesn't really grow and I'm also curious how is he around like friends and family? Does he sound like he could be disconnected? Like she mentions yeah. like when they're out, even with his friends, like he can frequently kind of retreat just, yeah, go into his yeah. phone and kind of like be in the periphery or in the background. Yeah. So it sounds like it might just be, that's just, he's just not a communicator mm-hmm. and yeah. Or he's depressed. Or but... yeah. Yeah. But if it's the former, then it, unfortunately yeah it might not be what you need for yourself like long term there's nothing wrong with that yeah you know you just need to cut off and stop making any plans and stop doing all of that and then in those moments see like he might also be just as happy Mm -hmm. not really talking as much and just you know reaching out and just being like checking in and having it not really be of anything of substance and that just means you're not compatible Mm -hmm. and like and he just, he might be the type of person that just like feels like just when you actually hang out, like that's enough yeah. for a relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's people that feel like that kind of thing is enough. And maybe he finds someone that that's fine with, but, and they have the same type of communication style. But yeah, if this is just who he is and, you know, and the th- he, you say that he's in therapy now, if it doesn't change after therapy, that just might be who he is. And yeah. You're sexually compatible. You said the sex was great. You're sexually compatible, but. And if he can communicate that well in bed, I'm like, you're capable of communication outside the sheets. So, yeah, this sucks. Like, you can also love someone and see a future with them and not be compatible Mm -hmm. in, like, practicality. Next up. Hello, Megan, Melissa, and Mom. My name is Monica, 25, she, her. My husband's name is Chandler, 35, he, him. We have been together six years total. We have dated about five years and have been married almost a year. I'm calling for advice regarding Chandler's and I's sex life. I recently uh, gave birth to our first child. I was advised to avoid sex for six weeks postpartum as this is routine. I had my checkup with my OB and was cleared to have sex. We tried having sex last night, but Chandler did not finish because our newborn daughter started to cry from our bedroom while we were in the spare bedroom. I'm feeling very insecure and doubting my husband since this incident. I'm feeling insecure because we did not have sex for about three to four weeks before I had our daughter as my sex drive was slow. My husband was at his busy season during work and also did not want to hurt me towards the end of the pregnancy as things could get uncomfortable for me physically. So it had been a little over 10 weeks since we have had sex at this point. This makes me feel shitty as I thought having sex for the first time in that long would make things go by quickly and he would finish. Now I'm doubting him and feeling like confronting him. 
this is making me think he has either been having sex with someone else, masturbating without me knowing, or is gay. This may seem dramatic, but for context, our sex life has always been somewhat rocky. We waited about eight months into our relationship to have sex, which to me was extremely odd. This was not my choice, but I respected his reservations. He insisted it was because he was insecure about pleasuring me due to my past partners, as he knew them. Once we started to have sex, things were uncomfortable, awkward at first, but eventually we were able to have good wet sex with foreplay and lots of lube. He is the first man to ever make me orgasm slash cum and squirt. We have had amazing sex, but it isn't very often. Uh, there have been times where we have sex and it is more work and tiring than it is enjoyable as he does suffer from occasional ED and takes a drug like Viagra to help with that. Sorry for all the details, but I guess I am asking what I should do. Should I confront him and talk to him about my suspicions? I have no reason to think he's having an affair other than me making it up in my head. And the only reason that I jumped to thinking he could be gay is because what man doesn't bust minutes into having sex when it's been 10 plus weeks of no sex? I'm Leo Energy and my husband is a Taurus. Let me know if there are any other details, questions you have, and thank you. Wait, hold on. Let's do a quick little disclaimer. You are very recently postpartum. Congratulations mm-hmm. on your baby. I don't want this to come across condescending at all, but... I research so much about postpartum all the fucking time because I deal with mental health struggles and but any mental health things that I deal with now will be very different than whatever I deal with or anyone deals with postpartum because like your body like legitimately changes. Yeah, it's a full chemical change. You can like look at scans of brains of like pre and postpartum. You can look at them like people with depression, people without depression. Like there is like a very huge difference between any sort of regular mental health issues and what happens postpartum. Like there's nothing that changes your body like more legitimately. Like there's nothing you will go through in your life that will change your body more. And I don't want it to say come come across again as condescending, but I don't know if you're in therapy, but like I would really encourage that because with so much love, this is like, it's very irrational. Like, yes, it's just jumping to a lot of conclusions that yeah and you're hurt and like you're really hurt and you're really insecure and that's I I don't think you should feel insecure but like it's okay that you do like it is really normal but in this moment instead of just being with that uncomfortability and acknowledging that you're jumping to these conclusions which are far more hurtful to you than being like oh I'm I'm postpartum I'm my emotions are heightened there's all of these new chemicals running through my brain and I'm not sleeping as much as I normally am. And like all these things are new. But instead of looking at this like a temporary thing in a moment in time that you will get to the other side of, your brain is jumping to these things that are an end of a relationship that are like these catastrophic, huge things, these like these multi-year lies, like these things that will destroy your life. And it's not that. Mm-hmm. It, it's just It's just so not. And I can't even stress to you that like, I, he, you already said he already is like deals with the occasional erectile dysfunction, which will then also result in not always being able to come. And sex is very mental. Like the idea of like, if there was a baby crying, I wouldn't be able to come. Right. A baby crying and y'all weren't in your room either. Yeah. So the, the environment was different and hormones are different. And just because like your body changed, but like mentally, he's going through changes too. And again, a baby is 
not sexy. No, I was just saying. It seems like everybody, everybody's a sexy baby. And I'm a monster on the hill. Taylor Swift lyrics. I want to hear Mott's yeah. thoughts. You know, Megan's right. And like, obviously, like, I would not be able to understand Im- completely like what a new mother is going through mentally because it won't happen to me. And the reason I'm saying that is because, like, one thing you said in there is, like, you're like, what man doesn't come, like, immediately after 10 weeks of, like, without having sex? And I feel like you probably know this. And, like, it's just it's just a hard time for you right now. But, like, it's obvious, like, Melissa and Megan just said, like, sex is usually, like, yet you're right. It's more simple for men. But it's still something that, like environments affect us like mental strain affects us fatigue affects us like you're more complex well no, no I, I, I mean th- if you th- think th- of like that, alcohol that is... like even alcohol affect like sure. there are things that affect like no, completion I... in sex and like i don't think that we should hold men to like the they can right. jack off at anything and then they're good mm-hmm. yeah and i think there's there is some like truth in that generalization but it's not like you said it, it's not like you know, a guy is like four days without sleep, but the second like you put on like a piece of sexy lingerie, like he's ready to go. Like it's not that simple. So, and you know, and it sounds like without knowing all the details is like just personally, like sex might be like something that's a little bit more complicated specifically for your partner. You know, men have performance anxiety, like a big part of like, I mean, it sounds like it's it it could have been like particularly acute in your situation because he may have known you as the partner for like someone he was friends with, which can one hundred percent like put like a little difficult context to get through. Like if if you guys get into a relationship, but you know the other thing that might have happened is, like you said, it it had been ten weeks. Mm-hmm. Medically, you weren't cleared for sex. No, she was. Or no, yeah. for six weeks, oh, and sorry, then you yeah. were. I gotta feel like your partner probably like building up to that moment mm-hmm. in time, particularly if like naturally it's something that like because there was like a very clear schedule tied to it because of yeah. your recovery. Like it's something that's like on the calendar, right? It's like okay, Thursday night. Thursday night, you know, Wednesday's the doctor's appointment. Wednesday night is like, that is the night. And like, sometimes that can be amazing because you're like building anticipation. But like other times, again, based on like what you said, you know, your partner may have, you know, has some uh, difficulties with this. Like, if that's the case, like my guess is he was probably like in his head, like in the week or two weeks like leading up to that because you know like I know like if we're in a similar situation and like you know we want to have kids so there's there's a high chance like this particular thing could happen to us I know like I can't me, imagine you going like I want to ravage you at 10 weeks you'd be like treating me like I'm I'm yeah de- like like me personally, that would be definitely like building up in my mind and I would be excited, but there would also be this voice in my head that would that would say you really have like, you know, it's like a 
performance. It's like I gotta repay for you yeah. giving birth. And a hundred percent, like I know on the other side of that, like it and it was the same thing for you. Like you were looking forward to this night with anticipation. And you know, when you are yeah, when you're looking forward to something and it doesn't it doesn't go perfectly, it that can always make you feel less about yourself or just feel bad. But what I would say is, you know, you need to focus on yourself and making sure like you're recovering from the most like intense physical change or one of the most intense physical changes that a human body can go go through. And then like obviously you both have to focus on the well-being and of your child and learning to be good parents. And if you have the mental capacity to do so, I would just try and like remember some of what we said and extend just a little bit of grace to your partner. And then the last thing I would say is, again, for me, if I was in this situation, and, it, and it's really hard to do this, I, I acknowledge that because you are new parents. So like time feels like it doesn't exist at the moment, or at least free time. But trying to introduce spontaneity in terms of like timing and being like kind of opportunistic about when you can have sex. Yeah. Yeah. That exactly like a cheeky sex, like making it feel like it's just more of like a relaxed conversation preamble to build to it would probably help a lot as opposed to like what it sounded like this night was. And then just to say the same thing, if I had a kid and I heard them cry and I was in the middle of sex, like, like I would be immediately. If we heard our nephew like, cry in the middle of sex, I'm like, I'm out. And like, I don't think that like, I think we need to stop holding men and women to different like sex expectations. Right. And I just, I don't think it's fair. Cause I think if it was the opposite calling in and we even take out birth aspects of this, but it's like, oh, I got distracted while having sex and I wasn't into it anymore. And then my like husband accused me of cheating. Like that's, we we can't, the idea that like, we look at men of like the patriarchy and so much things of like the over-sexualization and all of this shit of like how they treat women and their views on sex. We can't, we can dispute that and be like, this is toxic and unhealthy, but like, we can't then be like, oh, well, you're just a walking dick who's like ready to get hard at any like any single any moment like men are also complex creatures just like women are and especially when it comes to sex like i we can't hold them to do a different standard because we're just going to continue in the same toxic cycle of what men expect women to behave like in bed and what women expect men to behave like in bed like that is upholding the patriarchy and like toxic masculinity so you have issues already you've had issues with sex so this is like i a moment for I would focus on solo therapy postpartum. And after this time period, I would maybe try to do couples therapy. But like right now, I don't, I think you need to take care of like you. And mm-hmm. it's really easy when you're in mom mode to like try and fix everything because you're taking care of a baby. Like it's those instincts there. But the only other person you should be taking care of right now is you. Right. And I, I do want to hit on, you had mentioned like, has he been masturbating? Like, 
Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, sometimes like masturbation is just like a stress reliever and yeah. it can, and I. It's a melatonin. And, the yeah. answer to that is probably. probably. And, and that's cool. Yeah. And like. and I I encourage you as well as your body has changed to maybe rediscover yourself in that way too. Yeah. There, there's a lot of anti-masturbation rhetoric that comes directly from anti-porn and then it goes directly into anti-sex work and anti-sex. So I would trace back like where, what your thoughts and feelings are about it and where that came from. Yeah. And the gay accusation is just not cool. No. And like, that's the part that like, I don't know if that's crossed your mind before. If it hasn't crossed your mind it before. It did because she said it took them eight oh, months. Oh, but did she to, reference the gay thing then? Yeah. Oh. She said, I thought that it could have been because eight months, it took him eight months for us to have sex. And it's like. Yeah. This is just like you had a baby with someone who you might have different views on sex with. Mm -hmm. And like, that's like, okay, you don't have to be all aligned with like everything at the same time. But like, there can't be judgment and accusations there. Like, it has to be like an acknowledgement of like, oh, we're a little bit different in this sense. And this is how we make it work for us. But sex shouldn't be like a test that you can fail. Right. And I just would be really cautious about the conversations you have in the environment and mental state that you're in when you have, when you talk about these things, which is why I would focus on therapy first, because you, you need support. And if you're not able to get that in the way that you think that you need, and then I think it's like, okay, you might not be in without doctor intervention or therapy intervention, medication, like you might not be getting your needs met because those needs need to be met chemically. Mm -hmm. And then everybody else in your life, you won't push them away. Right. And you'll be able to have that support system because like you will have a support system. So congratulations on the baby. Best of luck. And I'm sending you like good thoughts through postpartum and don't accuse the person that you're with that they're gay for not wanting to not wanting to for not finishing you know right. okay all right that's it for our episode we hope you enjoyed did you have a great time dude yeah. i always Bro? have a great time it's because we're a great time say yes say yeah, yes you, you are. are yeah you're all right do you have any closing thoughts closing uh, arguments mm, closing thoughts first caller maybe think about moving how can he remember second caller maybe Voice your concerns one more time, but it, if nothing kind of comes out of that, you might not be compatible. And third, third caller, rely on your partner if you need to have How do you an emotional all this? confrontation with your mom again. And fourth caller, men are not able to get hard at the drop of a hat and take care of yourself. Congratulations on your new child. But yeah. Maybe exercise a little grace. That's it. Wow. I'm impressed. I literally would need to flip through my pages of notes to be like, what did we just talk about? Yeah. That's very impressive. Well, thank you, babe, for um, joining us yet again. Thanks for having me. Oh, you should get a little jacket like they do on SNL after your uh, fifth time. What? Oh, is that what is you it get? Yeah. I think it's your the fifth, fifth time. time. I think uh, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. The five like, timers time, club the time, or Yeah, the Tom Hanks skit. So we hope y'all enjoyed. If you did, leave us a review on the podcast app. Head on over to our Instagram and comment just how amazing and wonderful Mott is as the guest, our in-person guest. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
If you want to call in for an upcoming episode, leave us a voicemail, 310-694-0976. International listeners, send your audio message to meganpodcast.gmail.com. If you have an update, you've been on a previous episode and want to let us know where your situation is at, you can send us an email at meganpodcast.gmail.com. We will schedule. Maybe you want to come on and we can actually talk about it in real time. I feel like everyone today was ripe for an update or could be. Pretty much everyone is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is an advice podcast. So everyone needs to see see how our advice is applicable. Yeah. That's it, right? Yep. Okay. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, y'all. Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso.